With that, we're going to jump in. We've been doing a series on forgiving and forgiveness, and this will be the fifth message in, uh, in this series. And today we're going to talk on the subject of um, forgiving ourselves. Uh, how do I forgive myself? Because uh, you know, sometimes we struggle with, <laughs> with figuring that out. Uh, we've talked a lot in the series about, uh, so far about God forgiving us and this reality of this absolutely ridiculously crazy grace that God has for us, that He forgives us 100%. Our past, our present, our future mistakes, uh, they are all forgiven because Jesus only died once. He doesn't have to go again, as Hebrews says, to, to the cross. Uh, and he's so serious about this, as Hebrews says, that he says, I will never again remember their sins. This is how big the grace of God is. Or the definition of God's love, his agape love, his love is patient, his love is kind, and it keeps no record of wrongs. And we, we keep records of wrongs, and we think God does, but it says he doesn't keep records of wrongs. And this is why Romans 8.1 says that there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. That we have, as, as Romans 5.1 says, absolute peace with God. That He is looking at you with these eyes of love and these eyes of peace. And, and He loves you. And not only loves you, but He likes you. And you are forgiven and you are cleansed. And, uh, and sin's not this issue that we always make it out to be with, with us and God. So we've talked all through that. We've talked about some of the, the reactions we have. Is like, does that mean we can just be as selfish as we want? We've talked about that. And how does that work with Judgment Day? We, we've talked about that. Uh, today we're going to talk on this subject. And that is, sometimes I run into folks who, who say, you know, I get this, that God forgives me. But I can't seem to forgive myself. You know, I understand that God has forgiven me. But I can't seem to forgive myself. I'm, I, I keep beating myself up. I feel shame. I feel a tremendous regret for a mistake that I've made in my past. And a definition of regret, because often this idea of, you know, I can't forgive myself comes from regret. And a basic definition of regret is, is a feeling of sadness, sorrow, disappointment, distress or remorse about something that has happened and a wish that it could be different. Here's a couple of regrets from a couple different people. I blew a once-in-a-lifetime romantic opportunity, and it's all my fault. I'm the only one to blame, not her, just me. I'm not able to forgive myself. Or I blew it as a teen. I know I was angry and acted out. I made horrible decisions because of awful events I had no control over. My actions were really mean-spirited. I didn't realize how mean they were until I was older. I have so many regrets. And maybe you have regrets over a past relationship that, that you knew that you were being really immature at the time and, and, and you blew the relationship. Uh, maybe you regret, I mean, even the person you married. Maybe you were thinking, maybe I should have married someone else or vice versa. Maybe you regret a financial decision. Uh, you invested in something and it went south, not north, and, uh, and you regret, like, why in the world did I do that? Maybe you regret the career you chose. And you go back and say, you know, why did I quit school when I did? Or why did I take that job? I should have went this direction. Or maybe you regret how, how busy you've been and now you're getting older and you think back and it's like, where'd my life go? And I mean, we can have a lot of different regrets in life. I got my list and I'm sure you got your list. You know, one of, my, one of my big regrets, I got lots of bigger regrets, but one of them is when I was 16. And uh, 
I was the drummer guy back there. I was the drummer back then too. And I had this cool little band with a really great bass player and an awesome guitar player. And uh, we jammed together all the time. But one night, we were at this party and uh, we were going to jam that whole night. And we did. And we found the, the tiniest little room. I don't even know how we even got the drums and the bass and guitar in there. But the doors were closed and we played so loud for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And, hours. and I, I wrecked my ears from that one night. Like ever since then, you know, you go to a loud concert and your ears are like ringing like crazy. Well, it never went away even to this day. And it's like so loud, I can even hear it now. Like, that's why I hate quiet. I always have to have some noise going, a fan or something, because it was just that, that, that one stupid mistake has driven me like completely crazy ever since. And I'm like, why in the world did I do that? I mean, should have been smarter, but I wasn't. And it's, it's a regret I have. And maybe right now, as we just enter into this message, you can bring up a, a regret that you have. Because again, we all have our list of things. And, and sometimes that regret gets so big that it's like, I, ju I just can't forgive myself for it. I mean, it's, it's, it's embedded in me so much that I can't forgive. Maybe you understand how God can forgive you, but maybe you can't forgive yourself. Now, as we talk about regret or not being able to forgive ourselves, I mean, we've got to understand that emotions are good things. doesn't mean they're always fun. There's difficult emotions and there's more fun emotions but regret is emotion that is not always a bad thing. I mean, even God has regret, at least it's portrayed that way in scriptures, and theologians argue about, you know, can God actually regret or not, and how does this work, and is this an anthropomorphized word or whatever they talk about? Uh, lots of debate over it, but the way scripture paints it, it says in Genesis 6, this is when humans were going crazy and being really mean to each other, it says, the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth. Or for Samuel, then the Lord said to Samuel, I regret that I have made Saul king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Um, if, if God experiences that, however theologians work that out, and there again in various ways, but it, it's, not a, it's not a bad emotion. So when you feel regret, like why in the world did I do that or I wish I didn't do that, it's not necessarily a bad thing. John 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I, this is Jesus talking, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And, and regret can kind of work in these two categories. There can be a regret that kills and steals and destroys in your life. And there can be a kind of regret that actually adds life and adds value to your life. And this often has to do with if, if your regret is more like a guilty regret or if your regret is more like a shame-filled regret. And, uh, and we can kind of compare the difference. Um, 2 Corinthians 7 says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. And, and regret can be a place where it's like godly sorrow regret, like I feel guilty for this, which usually encourages us to say to someone, I'm I'm sorry. It encourages you to repair a relationship. It can encourage you to grow and say, I'm going to learn from that. That's, that's good regret because we grow from it. But negative regret or, regret or worldly sorrow, we could put it, is this regret that actually turns into shame. And we get filled with shame and it's not something that adds life to us, but it begins to rob life from us. Uh, good guilt will always lead us towards God. It, it'd be empathetic leads us into community, it's, re it's removed by taking responsibility for it, like apologizing, 
uh, like saying, yep, that was my fault. Shame-filled guilt will always lead us away from God because we're ashamed about ourselves and we think that God is ashamed of us. Um, it's very self-absorbed and very selfish. It leads us away from community because as soon as we begin to feel shame, we think others are ashamed of us and we begin to pull away. And then it leads to more shame or what sometimes therapists call the shame spiral where you start to feel shame to get more shame and you feel more shame and you just go down, downhill. This guilty regret, I mean, is more like I've made a mistake, I've done something wrong. Again, this is something that we can learn from, we can repair, we can apologize, we can, we can grow from it. But this shame-filled regret is, is very internal. We begin to think that you are a mistake. Or we begin to think that you have no value, that you have no worth, that you begin to deny the very image of God, that you were made in the image of God. And that God, when God created human beings, he said, this is very good that you are, in a sense, because you were created in the image of God. Very, very good. And when you get filled with shame because of past regrets or past mistakes, all of a sudden you begin to see yourself as completely corrupt. And you begin to lose the, the image of God within you. A good example of a difference might be between Judas and Peter in, in the gospel stories. It says when Judas, he's the one who betrayed Jesus with 30 pieces of silver. It says when Judas saw that Jesus was condemned, it says he repented and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. And a lot of people miss the fact that it says Judas actually repented. But this, this repentance or this regret, because he, 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 he seemed to regret what he did to Jesus, turned into a deep shame very quickly because it says that he went and actually hanged himself. He, he committed suicide. He, you know, this moment of, of being so low and having such regret and such shame that he actually commits suicide. Peter also failed big time with Jesus. Uh, Peter, I mean, he's the one who denied Jesus three times and he denied it with a curse, you know, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know the man. And of course the rooster crows and he denies Jesus three times and he, he goes away and, and it says he weeps bitterly. He is broken. He regrets. He wished that would have been different. He wished he would have been smarter. And, and I mean, he hung out with Jesus for two or three years, depending on how theologians work that out. And uh, he outwardly denies Jesus. He doesn't so, you know, try to defend him. <laughs> in essence, he condemns him to his death. But he, later, his regret was more of a guilty regret because he has a time to redeem himself as Jesus comes to Jesus in John chapter 21 and, and says, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And this, this mistake, this regret built him up and he becomes one of the, you know, the, the, the top you know, church gurus of the early church. I mean, you can have a guilty regret or a shame-filled regret. And so when it comes to that regret that you're thinking of, what is it? Is it more a guilty regret that, that you've grown from or that you've apologized for? And if it is, then that tends to melt away. But a shame-filled regret just sticks with us. And it sticks with us so sticky that it's like, I just can't forgive myself. Now I should note that this whole topic of self-forgiveness, not all Christians agree on that, like most things, we talk about here, uh, some Christians, if you say, I can't forgive myself, they would say, well, it's right. You can't forgive yourself. Only God can forgive you. Only God has the authority to forgive, which is partly true, but we also have an authority to forgive ourselves. I mean, we are to forgive one another. In fact, in John 21, there's this weird little verse that nobody ever talks about that it actually says that when we forgive someone, God forgives them. <laughs> it talks about us making the first move, that we have authority 
And plus, if you say, well, I can't really forgive myself, and someone just comes up and you say, well, it's okay, you can't forgive yourself anyway. Only God can forgive. That doesn't fix it. Might be a nice little saying, but it doesn't fix, fix the issue that I'm like, I just can't seem to forgive myself, or I have this shame-filled regret. So how can we work through that? There's just a few thoughts as we work through this. Uh, I should note this, because we brought this up two weeks ago in my last message about shame. The shame is one emotion that we should not entertain. Again, emotions aren't bad, and even shame can be okay in a, in, in a little bit, but we can't entertain it. We can't hug it and hold on to it and, and, and bring it. Shame is the one emotion that Jesus did not allow into his life. We see Jesus had all kinds of emotions, anger. It seems that he had extreme stress and anxiety when he's you know, dripping blood because he was so worried about the cross and stressed out about the cross. He seems to have all the emotions, joy and compassion and all those, but the one emotion that he refused to receive was shame. I mean, Jesus in the most shame-filled position on the cross, you know, naked, people accusing him, and the most shame potential situation possible was Jesus on the cross, and it says that Jesus despised the shame. And this is one emotion that we must despise, we must push away, that we must deal with. And so if you're feeling shame about a past mistake, then this is one that you need to work through. Because again, shame-filled regret will rob you of life. It'll kill, steal, and destroy. And, and we want to live in the stream of Jesus and life abundantly, not in destroying. So here's a couple thoughts. Uh, first of all, don't be overly hard on yourself. Acknowledge your humanity. I mean, we make mistakes. And in this world where, uh, you know, folks talk about we're actually losing the art of being vulnerable because we live very superficial with social media and, and, and we just like to make an impression that we're losing the art of, of being actually vulnerable with each other, which makes it harder for us to make mistakes because we don't like admitting we've made a mistake. We don't like someone pointing out that we've made a mistake. And we've made a mistake, especially if it's public, we feel very vulnerable and we feel shame and it makes us want to hide. And so sometimes we just got to acknowledge that I'm a human and I screw up at uh, times, you know? And, and the Bible actually says this, you know, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I mean, we like to pretend that our lives are perfect and we like to pretend that we have everything together and we like to pretend that we're better than everybody else, but it's just, I mean, we mess up and we screw up and we do things we shouldn't and we say things we shouldn't and sometimes just acknowledging that I'm a human being can help with regret. Sometimes we regret things because we just, we have this, this idea that we need to be perfect in everybody's eyes all the time. And the reality is we mess up. In fact, the more public you are, the more you're going to realize this. And one of the things I actually tell leaders sometimes is if you want to lead, you will mess up and you're going to hurt people. Because if you get out there, I mean, we're just not perfect in what we say. We're not perfect in what we do. And, and, and we end up hurting people at times. And people have left this church because of me. And I know other leaders in this church, people have left the church because of them because we don't always do the right things all the time. We're not perfect. We don't understand how someone's thinking and we mess up <laughs> because we're human. We don't want to. We want to love and have compassion. But sometimes you just got to acknowledge yourself. It's just like sometimes we mess up because we're human. Now, that doesn't mean you excuse your mistakes, but it means there needs to be a bit of a balance as... As one therapist put it, she said, we struggle with accepting that sometimes being human beings means messing up big time. Forgiving yourself and accepting your humanity, though, does not mean letting yourself off the hook. It's simply acknowledging that you don't always get it right and that it is the nature of humanity. 
There's a space between, oh well, no big deal, and I must beat myself up forever for this. You can take accountability for where you went wrong and all that, that means and simultaneously choose to move forward in, in life. And a part of this is learning to, to empathize with yourself. You know, the big problem with, you know, I can't forgive myself or I have all this regret often is this thing called hindsight. <laughs> you know, I can look back from today and I look back on that, you know, silly little drummer, 16-year-old drummer, and like, that was really stupid. I mean, look at all the consequences of years of going crazy because you have ringing in your ears and you know, that was really dumb. You should have been smarter because, you know, uh, you know, that's just not a smart thing to do. And I can beat myself up because of hindsight, because I'm smarter now. I'm more mature. Now I see the big picture. Now I know all the consequences. But my 16-year-old self in that little room was not thinking about that at all. Didn't know about those consequences. Any experience that I had back then was like, you know, I go to a loud concert, my ears ring for a day, and then it's gone. I mean, what's the big deal? And, and just having fun and, and to put yourself back into that place and to realize that you didn't know what you knew now. You didn't know relationally what you know now. You, maybe you weren't as mature now. And to go back and to have compassion on who you were. Self-empathy simply requires you to notice and recognize what was happening in you. And so one question you can just ask is, you know, why did your action feel okay in that moment? Because most of the time, you know, most of our decisions aren't, I just really want to do the most awful thing in this moment. <laughs> most of our, 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 our decisions, probably even those decisions where we have regret, is like, I really want to try to do my best. I mean, most times we're trying to do our best, but sometimes it's just really the wrong choice. But to go back and to realize you didn't know everything back then. Our regrets often are based on what we know now rather than what we knew then. But what you knew then, you didn't know that then. So you... You can't change your decision back then. So sometimes it's just going back and as Ephesians 4.2 says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And hopefully we do this for each other, to make allowance for each other's faults, but we got to do this to ourselves too. Just as we allow others to make mistakes, we, we got to allow ourselves to make mistakes because we're human. And uh, the only way, I mean, the more you pre prevent yourself from making mistakes, the more isolated you will get. The, the more you, you won't reach out for your dreams because the bigger you reach out in life, the more mistakes you will make. This is the way it works. And that's why we've got to learn from those mistakes. And so to see our, our mistakes as learning experiences. And, and Romans 5 puts it this way. Suffering, or we can even put regrets in there, produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. I mean, what did you learn from your regret? This is one of the ways you can heal from, I can't forgive myself. This is my regret. It's like, what did you learn? Because probably you matured a lot in that. Probably you grew a lot in that. And, and uh, it seems to be a lot of mostly my painful moments that have grown the most in, in life. And, and I know one of them for sure was like 20 years ago when I was just a little baby chicken pastor, just starting out. Uh, I, uh, I remember I was meeting with another pastor in town, and he wanted to talk to me about a friend of mine who was going to their church. I don't know why my friend wasn't going to my church, probably because I was like, not great. But he was going to, he was this person, with his, she was going to another church, and, and she was causing trouble there. And, and he was talking about all her, his frustrations with this gal that I knew, and uh, we had this whole conversation, and it should have been a confidential conversation, but then I was hanging out with this gal friend of mine, and I told her what this pastor was saying about her. And then I got back to the pastor, and this pastor phoned up and says, Jesse, you know that conversation we had? <laughs> it's like, how does this 
gal know about our conversation? And I was like, and I just totally had to know. Totally my fault. I was totally wrong. I broke confidentiality. And it was that, that one that just like, I just like, I'm never doing that again. I'm never breaking confidence ever again as a pastor. It was like this moment where just like my growth went blurred. And it was like, that was just so awful and so dumb. And it's so much hurt it causes. Like, I've never broken confidence. At least I don't think I have since then. I mean, it was a growing experience. I mean, sure, I look back and I regret it, but I've grown a lot from that. Your regrets, I'm sure they've grown you. And sometimes you got to sit back and maybe if you don't realize it, if you're really beating yourself over those regrets, you just go back and like, what did I learn from this? How have I matured? How has how Jesus worked in me through that situation? Uh, it can be a powerful growth experience. And sometimes you've got to sit down with a journal and just write out how, how you've grown from that mistake. Um, I love this statement. I got it from Greg Mitchell in Vancouver. He says this, Don't miss the opportunity of allowing your relational challenges to mature you. I love that. Because... It's often our relational challenges that we want to get away from, but he's like, don't miss the opportunity for those to grow from your relational challenges, to allow it to grow you. But the same is with our regrets. Don't miss the opportunity of allowing your regrets to mature you. And sometimes we just want to beat ourselves up all the time rather than stopping and, and maybe even seeing that, that regret as a little bit of a gift. I mean, it's not all a gift. I don't think wrecking my ears was a gift, but you know, I think I've learned from that. I'm very careful with my ears. Well, not always. Sometimes, anyways. <clears throat> anyways, next, uh, extend the same grace to yourself that God has given you. This is really hard to do. If you think back to some of the messages we've done in this series about the radical, crazy, mind-blowing grace that God has for us, His forgiveness, and you know, this idea that, that He loves us even though he knows, our, knows every mistake and every wrong that we've ever done, he just, he's just lavishing our, his love upon us and says his love is so perfect. Then in John 15, Jesus says that he has loved us even as the Father has loved Jesus. In other words, the exact same love that God the Father has for Jesus is the exact same love that he has for us. It's not diminished. God's love for Jesus, who lived a perfect life his love is not diminished when God looks at us. I mean, just think about that kind of love. Despite all our mistakes and feelings, God is lavishing his love. He's lavishing his forgiveness. He's lavishing his grace upon us. And sometimes we just got to stop and say, I'm going to extend the same kind of grace that God has given to me. I'm going to give that same kind of grace to myself. And you know, sometimes we're going to receive it from God, but then it's like, well, I can't give that to myself because it's too much. And again, we, we show this a lot here because... We all struggle with shame. But three times in the New Testament, it tells us that God will never, ever, ever shame us. There's no shame coming from God towards us because of Jesus. Zero. The one who believes in him will never be put to shame. Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. The one who trusts him will never be put to shame. Would you extend that same grace to yourself? I mean, instead of shaming yourself to say, I'm not going to put myself to shame. Because God loves me, and God has removed his shame from me, so why in the world would I want to pick it up again? And so, and if that's hard, sometimes you've got to picture his love and his shameless love just flowing on you, and you just, you just grab that, and you just push that inside your being and, and allow every DNA to experience that you would actually have the same grace for yourself that God has for you. 
Just a couple more points and then we're done. Uh, question your narrative. Uh, what story are you telling about yourself? You know, your personal narrative determines a lot about how you see yourself in the world around you. A lot of times our regrets become our narratives. In other words, become our identity. I mean, for instance, let's say uh, you invested a bunch of money into something and you found it was like a, a scam <laughs> and, you, and you lost like your whole retirement fund or something like that. And, and afterwards, you're just, you're just beating yourself up like, how could I be so stupid? And I just wrecked my whole life and, you know, my, my family's ticked at me and my wife has ticked at me and like, you know, and you just like, and all of a sudden your narrative becomes, I'm crappy with money. I could never do anything right, and I always mess up, and I always disappoint people around me, and that begins to become your identity. And when you think about your regret, one of the questions you must ask is, has your regret become part of your identity? Has that shaped the way you think about yourself? Has it shaped the way you act around other people? Has it, has it pulled you away from the destiny God has been pulling you through and you want to keep things small because your narrative now is I screw up and I'm miserable and everything I do breaks and, or whatever it might be. And a reminder to you that your identity is not in your mistakes. Your identity is it's in Jesus. We are defined by being in Jesus. Well, the New Testament very rarely actually calls us sinners because our identity in Christ is as a saint. And most often, you know, a couple hundred times in the New Testament, our identity is in Jesus. Who, you, who are you? You're in Jesus. This is one of the things we show from time to time here. Came from Abby Napora. I'm totally forgiven because this, this is your narrative. This is your identity, not, not your regret. I'm totally forgiven. I'm deeply, deeply loved and valued. I'm totally accepted as a dearly loved child. I'm not defined by my sin, but by being in Christ. You just got to ask yourself, has your regret shaped your narrative? And if it does, then and sometimes, again, journaling can help. Just journal with God and write out you know, your negative narrative and just, just, just cross it out and say, you know, God has forgiven that. God's not shaming me for that. And I'm going to extend the same grace to myself that God has given me. That's not my identity. My identity is this. That I'm totally forgiven. I'm deeply loved and valued. I'm totally accepted as a dearly loved child. I'm not defined by my sin, but by being in Christ. And uh, I just want to finish with a little exercise. And uh, if you just invite you to close your eyes if you want. You don't have to, but uh, just... Picture again a regret. You may not, not want to pick the biggest one if it's too heavy, but just maybe a mild or medium flavored one. Regret. Just become aware of the love and presence of God. Sense the love and presence of God around you. Now that regret often carries pain, it often carries shame, it often carries anger. And uh, as we read in the Psalms, God is okay for us to express emotion in safe ways. And just allow that regret to express its frustration, its anger, its, its disappointment, its shame. Just allow that regret to express to God how it's feeling. And God's not ashamed of whatever comes out of your thoughts because he already knows.
take a moment to become aware of God's understanding and his comfort. He understood why you made that decision. He understood where you were. He understood that you didn't know all things in that moment, that there were still things to mature. He, he understands. Just allow the comfort of God's understanding to impact you. Now, as God holds you and holds that regret, what is God saying to you? It may just be a still, small voice in your spirit. It might be a thought. What is God saying to you? Take a moment to look again into God's eyes, to see His eyes of peace. See those eyes where there's no shame coming towards you. Those eyes of God where there's no condemnation. Those eyes of God where there's perfect forgiveness. And just receive that into your being. God says to you, I forgive you. He says to you, there's no condemnation. There's no shame. And then would you take that same grace and just give it to yourself? Maybe in this moment you could say, I forgive myself with the power of God's forgiveness. I just release that shame because God is not shaming me. And just sit for a moment in the peace and love and comfort of God.